But there was this one company, I think called Chop Sports Media. Chop Sports Media. Yeah. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Chop Sports Daily, coming to you live from the Man Attic, where I'm at. And, of course, Gooch is coming from the Flipping Made Easy studio in Matawan, New Jersey, coming to you live from the Cabinet Creations Sports Desk. It is Sturched. It is, oop, got it wrong, Gooch. I'm trying to point. I see I did the same thing you usually do, and we used to have to do this crap. Um, Gooch is over there. And, of course, Nick is behind the glass sitting right next to Gooch. I know Madison's in the building as well. I want to wish them both a very, very happy, happy Interns Day. National Interns Day is today. So for Nick, Madison, uh, uh, we're talking uh, shit. Everybody that's come into the place. like uh, wow, Pistol Pete, AJ. Pistol Pete, AJ. Everybody who's ever come in and helped us out at and, all. And, and uh, Anthony, come on. Anthony, of course. There too. we go. Um, so I hope everybody's doing well. <laughs> I had a uh, myself a nice little morning. Uh, that's why I'm here. And Gooch is there. Uh, just had to watch the house, basically a little house watching. As um, had a bunch of people over here to do a couple things. And uh, let's just say that the housing market is a bitch. <laughs> it's not fun. And um, everything I thought was about to happen is no longer happening. So I'm over here at home making sure holding down the fort. And uh, that's where we're at. Gooch, how you feeling this morning, Merle? Having a fresh haircut, baby. You looking good? Yeah, I feel good. I mean, you know, it was a rough night last night. I had got some some shitty news. Um, I have to mention it because, you know, my brother-in-law lost his father last night, and it's a, it's a tough situation. Um, so I want to just say prayers out to Tommy. We love you, bro, and hang in there. I know you're obviously not watching today, but, you know, anything you need, bro, hit me up. So... so. Yeah, not to bring a somber moment to the to the open of the no, show, no, but my, had my, had to touch on that a little bit. Over, yeah, my thoughts and prayers over to Roxanne and, and Tommy over there. I know them as well as you do, not as well as you do, but I've known them for a long time. So prayers up to Tommy and uh, and his family. So uh, lots went down last night. It, it was so funny, Gooch. Like when the, all this my morning started happening like this, I started to think to myself, like, what if we just put the show on hold until tomorrow, right? And I was like, let's just do that. But then I thought to myself, there's going to be a army of people to attack this show based off the fact that the Yankees lost to the Mets last night. And I think like that. Would yeah, be we couldn't go into hiding as the why we didn't go live. But here we are. Look, the Yankees and the Mets, we'll get into that in a little bit. But everyone pumped their brakes on, on what's going on in, in New York or Queens, for that matter. The Yankees are going to be just fine. I think tonight Hope. Uh, we'll obviously get into all that. We'll get into the subway series. But Gooch, you have a. Very, very thorough rundown. Before we get into that, I do want to say, if you want to support Chop Sports, please do so by going on over to patreon.com forward slash Chop Sports 35, $10 variations. We really appreciate all your help. And somebody came in. I do not know his, uh, I don't know who he is unless he's under an alias, but a Joe Allen. I don't know if that's anybody that we know. No, I, I, I know? do know Joe Allen. Yes, I know him. Okay, well, he just became a dynasty member. So thank you to Joe for his contributions to Chop Sports. We really appreciate that. So that's the way to do it. Go support us. Patreon.com forward slash Chop Sports. So with that, 
there's a lot of sports to get into. The rundown was thorough. We talked about it in pre, and it always is one of those things where it's just, you know, it, it gets sports always delivers. So deliver it, Gooch. Yes. Okay. So NFL starting things off today, and then we'll get into MLB, but really nothing much else. And I, that's kind of perfect for me. I love the two sport thing. So NFL first, Travis Kelsey renegotiated his contract the details have not yet emerged but i would imagine it's a team-friendly deal to alleviate some cap space but also we'll get kelsey paid a little upfront money so it's a good situation on both sides and over in tampa bay the rich get richer and julio jones signs a i believe a one-year deal to assist tom brady in his quest for his 31st super bowl ring so shout out <laughs> to tom brady bringing in another uh wily old vet to get it done um nfl news still cam Hayward went back at Big Ben. If you listened to the rundown yesterday, you heard me talk a little bit about Big Ben's comments, talking about the state of the NFL now in terms of the me-first attitude with players. And Cam Hayward said, you know what? That rubbed me the wrong way. But it's not the first time Big Ben rubbed somebody the wrong way, if you know what uh, I'm saying. So Chris Carson retired, and it's due to the, the long-standing neck injury that he's been battling with for a couple seasons. Um, Chris Carson is like one of those weight room juggernauts like you see Nick Chubb doing, so maybe it's a cautionary tale. Yeah, I don't think he healthy, really hurt his neck in the weight room, but still. Settle down on the 600-pound squats, Chubb. Um, you're in my dynasty league. So, <laughs> more NFL news. Jimmy G passes his physical, and he is he managed to avoid the pup list, so I would imagine that the other shoe is going to fall very soon because one of the rival coaches of an NFC North team – came out and said that it's an early Christmas gift that Jimmy G is going to get traded. And Shanahan came out and responded, and he said, look, you know, Trey Lance is our guy. This is Trey's team. We've moved on. It's time for everyone else to move on as well. I think that's a good vote of confidence for Trey Lance. And we could circle back on the Jimmy G thing because I think there's a couple layers to this in terms of the Debo situation and where when the chips are going to fall on one thing, I think it might lead to another. So moving across the – Cross sports to baseball, uh, number two pick, Andrew Jones' son, Drew Jones, in his very first Major League Baseball practice, had a pretty severe shoulder injury. He is now out for the season. So imagine that. You get drafted. You go you go to the big show. Well, you go to your first rookie camp, and you, you fuck your shoulder up. So he's out, and they don't even know if he's going to be ready for spring training. So... We go from the young buck to the oldest guy in baseball. Albert Pujols has officially tarnished his legacy. Albert Pujols <laughs> is now known a known cheater. Not only did he probably cheat about how old he was to get signed, but now at, at, at the wily age of like 61, he got caught bribing an ump like in real time in the middle of a game. So he walks up to home plate and he takes off his chain and hands the ump his chain. It's like, Albert, bro, you were a lock for the Hall of Fame. Now you're not going to get in. Speaking of the Hall of Fame, did you see the fucking class bro it's rough. The, the new right, the new I inductees or the the potential inductees jacoby if jacoby ellsbury gets in the hall of fame i'm gonna throw up in my mouth um <laughs> but yeah maybe they'll bring back some of these old guys that definitely deserved to get in last year but didn't doubt they'll do that but um more stuff in major league baseball i guess it's a trade deadline looming i'm just going to go over a couple things that i know are kind of imminent or possibly imminent yankees are aggressively pursuing brian reynolds and that would be a nice addition. Hopefully they back off the Benintendi thing. Brian Reynolds is a better player. I would take him. It might cost more. The Braves are prioritizing Luis Castillo. And speaking of Benintendi, he's high on their wish list as well. So the Braves are willing to part with pretty much their entire farm system at this point. They're all in for this year. Um, out of Boston, Xander Bogarts and Rafael Devers are staying put. 
very much unlike how they typically did things in Boston. They are still in the hunt, so it makes sense, but they've been in the hunt and moved off of their stars before, so um, shout-out to the Red Sox for keeping their guys around. Major League Baseball and Jackie Robinson Museum is finally getting opened up in Manhattan after 14 years of planning, so if you want to visit the shithole known as Manhattan at this point, you could do so and then go in, you know, get a nice experience at the Jackie Robinson Museum. Let me just circle back, make sure I did not miss anything, and I think we covered it all. That's it. That is it for the month. Oh, no, Mets did check in on Shohei Otani. In true to form, the Mets owner and GM, they're going to be involved in every single possible um, big-time player that's on the market, and here we go. Mets are proving their, their worth in free agency in the trade market going after Shohei, or at least kicking the tires on it. So yeah. back to you, Dave. That's it for my rundown. <laughs> Shout-out to the... To the Braves making the push, man. Knowing they're very, very, very in striking distance of the NL East title, you know, just adding a couple pieces right there will really put the the pressure on the Mets. Uh, I guess you could segue uh, into last night's debacle with the Yankees and the Mets as the Subway Series rolls on uh, tonight, which, again, not excited about it. Why? Because Mr. Scherzer is on the mound. And while I know he can be touched up, from time to time he's not perfect right he's not a machine he's a man just like drago right like he's 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 beatable and i i made a comment last night on the facebook group about how we're gonna light up scherzer that's you know in typical yankee form can't get a hit last night worth the shit you know other than the first inning in which i bragged to my dad i was like oh my god back to back here comes the beating of a lifetime you know and then just all of a sudden just went to shit and um yeah so shout out to you know, the Yankees were getting ahead right away and then just completely blowing the lead. Um, I'm, I'm a little bit more concerned about Montgomery and his, first of all, his record against the Mets. He hasn't beat him like in his career. So it's actually kind of alarming. Uh, but the biggest thing is that back, back into the bullpen, um, it's weird. We saw Chapman come in and actually kind of light the world on fire last night, you know, and it was like, oh, all right. Well, I'm not about to sit there and say like, oh, Chapman's back. You know, it's, it's not the case, um, but they got to do something. They got to add an arm. They got to do something. I'm not, I'm not sitting here. It's panic mode. Uh, but I will shout out, yes, the Yes Network, in which I obviously picked up the end of this game after I did all the things I had to do last night. And shout out to Yes for sticking with the entire Edwin Diaz trumpet bullshit that he does when he's coming in. Like, they all of a sudden, like, like the inning's over. You know Diaz is coming in. And I'm like, all right, commercial. I'm about to get up and get a bottle of water or something. And they're like, and I'm like, what, what's happening? And all, I've never seen this. I'm not a Mets fan, so I don't really watch Diaz come in. And they're playing the fucking trumpets on the Yes Network. And I'm like, wait a minute, hold on. First like, of all, like, I gotta, I gotta give credit where it's due. That's one of the best uh, relief pitcher entrances in baseball history. Gotta I mean, give credit no, where it's due. It's, not, it's no Mariano Rivera. It's not. It's, it's not. But it's you know, if, if they could find some um, some postseason success, it will rapidly turn into. One of those situations, yeah. It's it's like it's a good it's a good thing to be a Mets fan when that's happening because you're you have the lead and he's been solid this year. It's definitely I love that I love that I gotta admit. What's crazy? What's crazy to me is you know for last year when the trade actually went down, it was with Cano and all this other shit, and like they got Diaz back in the deal, and they're like, all right, this is cool. He wasn't all that great off the rip, and they're like, "Oh my god, I can't believe like this is what we got." Yeah, for this I think guy. he like, spent he two stinks. seasons sucking, honestly. Right. So for him to bounce back and do this, you know, credit to him. You know, and again, the Mets—they won the game last night, and all signs point to them sweeping the Yankees and flushing tonight. But we'll see. I mean, the Yankees have 
typically hit, um, you know, some of the better pitchers in the league. Yeah, Scherzer's a big game pitcher, though. It's it's going to be is. a tall order. Herman is really the story tonight. Herman's going to have to show up and pitch a gem for his, all four in innings second, that they leave him in for. In his yeah, in his second outing of his uh, of his 2022 tenure. Um, the one thing I could say is this: last night they had a chance. Uh, they had a, an absolute chance to an absolute eyewear chance to tie this game, and here comes. <laughs> Here comes Aaron Boone has to make a move, right? They're like, all right, who are we going to send up there? Who Who's our best option? And they're talking about Connor Falefa. They're talking about uh, the kid they just brought up uh, last, two nights ago. They're, they're talking about all these options. All of a sudden, all of a sudden, they're like, pinch hitting for the Yankees, Joey Gallo. And I was like, oh, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. First of all, Bob Shepard's not the Mets guy. But in any event, wait a minute. Like, your worst batter in your entire system like i'm talking majors minors single a double a everything you have your worst batter right now is who you brought in to save the day i i understand he's got pop off the bat i get that 12 times what do you think the live bet odds were when it was two and two that he was going to strike out on the next pitch like it was i've been saying that he's the it's like a guarantee you probably it was probably such such a uh shitty payout like, it was a guarantee yeah. he was striking out. I didn't even have to watch. Everybody knew it. Everybody knew it. As soon as it got to two strikes, and again, I've said this on record, I don't think there's anybody in the history of baseball to ever get to two strikes faster than Joey Gallo at every at-bat. It's just right away. Maybe Gardner. Or you can even take a sip of your water. Brett Gardner. Brett Gardner fell in 0-2 every single count. Yeah, yeah but, but he could work he out of it. Back and had a, what was that, Nick? I said he could work out yeah, of it, he, he at least, like, That's fouled off saying. 31 he, pitches he would, after. He Right. There would be a 31-pitch at-bat, and at least you ring up the, the pitch count. But – Bringing up Gallo last night, I I I, I channeled my uh, channeled my Bob Euchre. I was like, you know, I guess Boone's thinking, I don't know what the hell he's thinking. <laughs> it's like, what? I, again, not the greatest move because on top of that, when when Boone fluffs his chest and says, "I'm gonna throw up Gallo," watch this shit. He's gonna be the hero. Buck Showalter within a half a beat was like, "Cool, I'm gonna bring in Diaz for a four out save. Good luck." <laughs> you know, like shout out Buck Showalter, out coached the hell out of that game last night. Yeah, I mean, it's easy to question it, but who else would they have brought in? I'm I'm curious because I didn't see the bench. I really it was, was like Connor Falefa. It was who's the kid they just brought up? Who they uh, pinch it for? Because I was working, so I saw the at bat, but I was kind of like moving around a little bit. I couldn't watch. I want to say they pinch hit for shit. Who was that? It was the nine batter. Trevino was on deck, so it was the eight batter. Eight batter. So it must have been Falefa. It was Falefa. Yeah. What was that, Nick? It, it was, was Connor Falefa. Yeah, it, so, all right, was, so they okay. could have left him in. And who's, by the way, is on like an eight-game hitting streak. Isn't he batting so like, like 267? <laughs> he's batting. He's batting. Oh, that's all I'll say. He's batting, right? So that's enough for me to say, leave him in. Let him have a couple hacks. He's not going to put the ball with the fence, but at least get to Trevino. At least get to the next guy. And then you get the top of the lineup with, with LeMayu and all this. You know, it's like, what are we doing? What are we doing? Like, I, I just, that was the biggest fart brain fart that that Aaron Boone has had in 2022 I'm not about to sit here and be Mr. Panic or like I can't believe the Yankees lost this game here comes the downswing because everybody said it was going to happen and then we took two of three against Baltimore who was playing very well you know what I mean but again not the best man yeah managerial the, decision I was I was coming into this series thinking like wow you know I'm, I'm for it I'm I like the subway series it's good it's fun I have to be honest and it's not just because the Yankees lost it's not fun the 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 infighting amongst Yankees and Mets fans, as if they're some type of demographic each, 
it makes no sense to me. Yankees fans and Mets fans are all like Giants and Jets fans combined. And they're like, I hate Yankees fans. They're, they're this. And it's like, no, bro, you're that. <laughs> you're exactly that. All fans are the same. Most people suck in life, period. And the thing is, people are fans. So most fans then in turn also suck. I can't sit here and say that I'm like, oh, Yankee fans are great and Mets fans suck. No, Yankee fans are brutally hard to listen to sometimes. Equally as hard to listen to as a Mets fan. It's simple. I heard a caller. I heard a caller attend, uh, hit up 98.7 yesterday, ESPN with LaGreca. It, it was a Yankee fan. He was like, they're always going to beat a little brother, blah, blah, blah. We're going to look at the 27, kiss the rings. And I'm like, dude, what are we doing? Like, Yankee fans are as shitty as Mets fans. The only gripe I have with Mets fans right now, and I've said this publicly, I said, you know, the Yankees at least have been there before. The Yankees at least have played well and finished. They've won their division time and time again. Met to the playoffs, choked, yes, but like the Mets haven't done anything since 2015 at all. And like for them to like walk around like McGregor all of a sudden, it's like, wait a minute, hold on, like you haven't really done anything yet. Calm the fuck down, beat up on the Yankees if you want, great, but like you did, you still haven't done anything yet. Look, so I can't, I can't be getting on Mets fans for them being excited about their team success and talking excited. a little bit of shit. It's fine. I think it's all good. It's 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 all good. That's just how people are. Yankees have been there before, but the Yankees haven't been there in a while, and our standard is a little bit higher. And I think that goes without saying, but not in terms of like a fan's ex expectations. Like if a Mets, if I'm a Mets fan, I don't care what the Yankees did in '96. I don't care what happened in 2000. I don't even care what happened in '09 or or 2015 for that matter. Like this season, the Mets are primed to make a decent playoff run, and they're a legit contender. The Yankees are also primed to make a legit playoff run. And if I'm being honest, I think they're a little bit less of a contender because of the situation they're dealing with now with the rotation. But trade deadline's looming, and I think the Yankees have a little more parts to move off of to, to add something personally. The Mets just have a willingness to overpay that I don't think the Yankees do right now. Yeah. Well, again, it's one of those things where, people, again, it's still a young season, you know. I, I'm not about to go jumping off any ships because uh, of, of a loss to the Mets. The Mets are a good team. If we would have lost, if we got swept by, I don't know, the fucking the, the Pirates or the Reds, I mean, I know we lost games to the Reds, but, like, you know, in, in regards to the season as a whole, then you can start saying, like, oh, man, what do we do? But, like, the Mets are good. The Mets are a good baseball team, so I'm not and, – and I've been open and honest about the fact that I want them to do well. You know, it's good for the network. It's good for my family. It's I, I'm over. I'm past that point. They could lose every game, and I'd be happy at this point. And it's <laughs> – See? It's not like um, – I don't hate the Mets. I just – I don't want them to win. I want the Yankees to win. Clearly. Fuck the Mets. But I'm saying, like, it's it's good for everyone if both New York teams are doing well. Same thing with the, the Giants and the Jets. Same thing with the Knicks and the Nets. It's the Rangers and, I guess, the Devils. Shout out to Nick. Uh, well, but like, well it, technically the Islanders at that point. Whatever. You know what I'm talking about. Metropolitan area. Uh, but it, it is what it is. Um, we'll see. But that's that's the Subway Series in a nutshell. Um, I do want to bring up real quick that this episode of the Chop Sports Daily is being brought to you in part. We don't have already running today because I'm not there to set it all up. But it is being brought to you in part by the uh, Fusco Insurance Agency. And, of course, also Manscaped, if you or, uh, you know, promo code manscape uh chop sports you get 20 percent off of manscape there's usually a nice witty read if you want to do that gooch that's up to you guys you could really shave your balls really low to the skin without hurting yourself i mean what more do i need to say exactly. let's be honest here exactly. and the taint drop the mic have you ever had a clean taint lick i mean oh my wait God. what <laughs> 
What's up, guys? It's Sturge from Chop Sports, and today I'm here to finally deliver some new happenings with our friends over at Absolute Eyewear. You already know the deal. They're stocked. They have the biggest brands, including Ray-Ban, Polo, and now introducing its newest player to their star-studded lineup, Oakley. They work with all your major insurance companies, including BCBS, AARP, and so much more. If you check out Absolute Eyewear in Woodbridge, New Jersey, next to the train station, you'll receive $100 off any prescription frames and lenses. That's $100. Check them out right now by either calling 732-326-3937 or visit their website, absolute-eyewear.com. Tell them Chop Sports Sturch sent you. I mean, shave. I mean, shave. Oh, boy. All right. Well, with that, so shout out to our sponsors. My reads are at the office, and uh, we'll get all that back on track tomorrow when I'm back. But, um, yeah, so that's that. So this um, episode, we've been talking about the AFC East. We started with the Jets on Monday, where I have them basically riding, riding into the sunset as champions of the NFL. Uh, I also We also covered the Miami Dolphins yesterday, and today we cover a team in which um, I feel like me and Gooch are separated as far as our opinions are concerned. And we're talking about the 2022 New England Patriots. Uh, right now, last year, they finished 10 and 7. For a little while last year, Gooch, you remember, we were like, where did they come from? All of a sudden, they're they're in this division race, and Mac Jones is playing well, and everything was going well. Um, but now, all of a sudden, there's a couple pieces that left town, uh, and their projection goes down to 8.5. However, Gooch, you've done some research today before I get into the key losses. There's a there's a market here. Yeah, so I I think the Patriots are one of those teams that I mean every team you should really shop around. But I looked around at you know in the mornings I look around at the team total projections as we're doing these breakdowns for the teams, and a lot of the times you see some of the things that are like lining up fairly even, where you'll see um, you know eight and a half, maybe nine, a half a game discrepancy. But Bet three sixty has the Patriots as low as seven and a half, the over under. So if you're looking at the over for the Patriots this year, go to Bet three sixty, create an account, and definitely place your bet there because. It's a full game and a half in, in a lot of these books. So definitely bet 360. Over seven and a half wins, I feel like that's free money. I don't. I know that you might think the Patriots are going to regress a little bit, but uh, eight and nine would be a regression. <laughs> so I think eight and nine is a lock for any Bill Belichick coach team. There, I, I said it. Preview over. Eight wins. No, they're going to do better than that. <laughs> All right, so let me get into it real quick. Some of the key losses for your 2022 um Patriots not a lot not a lot but there are some that are noteworthy Shaq Mason one of their better guards he's shipped off he leaves goes to the Bucks both linebackers Kyle Van Noy I'm, I'm sorry Kyle Van Noy being a linebacker and now JC Jackson why I said both is because both of them actually shipped themselves over to LA to play the to, to play with the Chargers so JC Jackson leaves one of the better corners in football um and then Neil Harry he left to the Bears he was a, kind of a lost cause over there anyway wasn't really getting the rub, um, but yeah, so that's that's losses. I don't really see too many more. Their gains, Devontae Parker, they bring on to maybe be, I guess, wide receiver one right off the rip, you would think. Jacoby Meyer. Yeah, I mean, they do have a couple guys. Uh, they bring in the, uh, Terrence Mitchell from the uh, Texans. I, I don't know if that's their answer for J.C. Jackson's departure, but that's kind of tough. They do bring in, uh, this one was under the radar. I don't even remember it happening. Jabril Peppers from the Giants. So they brought Peppers to play safety for the Patriots. Seems like such a Belichick guy, too. He really does. Yeah, I, I agree with you there. Uh, speaking of Belichick guys, they bring in Ty Montgomery. I feel like his versatility of being either in or out as far as running back or receiver. Ty Montgomery's been a journeyman for a couple years now. 
Um, and then they brought in Mac Wilson as well. They their their draft was puzzling, and that started to lead me to believe that like the regime was just either Bill Belichick has completely lost it, or they're just really in a different headspace than everybody else to preview the team. Like I, I look in their draft and. Their first overall pick, I can understand. 29th overall, they go get Cole Strange, interior offensive lineman. You want to protect Mr. Mac Jones? I get it, right? Then you go down the road, and you're looking at uh, their second pick, which is Tyquan Thornton, a wide receiver. Wide receivers, typically, who have been drafted by the Patriots, are just not playing out. I don't know if it's a, a Mac Jones thing from last year, or I don't know if it's a Tom Brady. Like, I don't know. It just doesn't seem like they, the success rate over with New England, as far as receivers are concerned, is that good? Um, and then they address two cornerbacks in the third and the fourth. That makes sense. They need them. Then a sixth round pick. And while I know sixth round picks typically don't make these teams, maybe sometimes you do, but they drafted another running back. It's just like, what, what are we doing? That's why I feel like the Patriots are a little out of touch. Yeah, they drafted the running back. Game. And I just saw a report on the running back that they drafted that they're he's going to get like a heavy workload this year and replace James White in the offense. He's like James White, just new and young. Jace, so I would, I would imagine that that's going to work out. They do well. While they don't really do well with receivers, they do have these running backs that tend to pan out for situational yeah. football. You know, like yeah. they have like 20 running backs scattered. Like Rex Burkhead has been in the league for nine years. Right? <laughs> that's true. How? Um, with the with the Patriots, now you look at their depth chart. It's obviously led by Mac Jones, year two of him. I don't know how you felt like he did last year, Gooch. Like, it's obviously rookie, um, you know, the trials and tribulations of being a rookie in the NFL, playing in, in, a, in a somewhat good division with a bunch of good defenses, and then they're, you know, the one game that he won where he threw one ball or whatever it was. You know what I mean? Like, so difficult to judge to see what we're going to get out of Mac Jones in year two. Um, their running backs, obviously, Damian Harris, Ram Stevenson. We both, we, I like both of those guys. They're fine. Devontae Parker being your one, maybe Jacoby Myers, Kendrick Bourne. It's it's alarming to me. When you have a young quarterback, they're going to be relying on the underneath stuff. So your tight ends are Jonu Smith and Hunter Henry. And don't get me wrong, two of the better ones, I think, in the league. So that's cool. Offensive line lost a couple pieces. Um, and it's, it's, they're tough, but that, I think uh, the Shaq Mason thing is a big loss. And when you flip it over to the defense, it's a very new-look defense. The one guy that comes to mind and it's going to jump out at you is because of his red sleeves, and that's Matt Judon. You know? And then there's Malcolm Butler still there, Devin McCourty still there, Jalen Mills, who never decided to dye his hair outside of the green from Philly, is still there. So their defense is, I can't say improved. And based off of Vegas, Gooch, the eight-and-a-half discrepancy, meaning let's see if some people play the under, meaning they could be two – to three games worse than last year, how do you look at the Patriots as a whole? All right, so I'm a big Mac Jones guy. Mac Jones did a lot of work in the offseason, and it shows physically. Um, he's svelte, and he's looking shredded. Shout out to my boy Mac for that. But not only that, I'm sure Mac Jones has been in the uh, film room because, you know, there is no stipulation in his contract that he has to have four hours of independent <laughs> film study because that dude was in his backyard with his girlfriend in the preseason last year running through plays and walkthroughs. So Mac Jones, is he's addicted to the game film, which is a great thing and a Belichick-ran thing, ran system. Um, we're not so sure what's going on with the coordinators, but I feel like that's a Belichick secret, and no, I think that there's no. probably gonna, they're probably going to be fine. If the defensive coordinator is still his son, their defense was really good last year, I, I expect their defense to be still very good, and their 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 philosophy and their style of play. It's not going to lean on Mac Jones, but I do believe that Mac Jones has something about him that 
when the team rallies around Mac Jones, they get behind it. Like he's got the locker room right away. And let's not ex- let's not sit here and dis- discount the fact that it's Bill Belichick, bro. Um, I can't look at the Patriots and say, you know what? Wow, they're really going to be good. But I haven't been able to do that since the Randy Moss era, where I've looked at the Patriots and said, wow, this team really jumps off the paper at me. Like this roster is loaded. They're simply not, and they're simply a playoff. They're a perennial contender anyway. If you look at the tail end of Brady's career, they really didn't have the greatest roster, and Brady's stats were showing. He was starting to become a liability in that offense, and Brady right now at 51 needs a lot of parts around him. Mac Jones, he might be able to manage it, and I'm not saying Mac Jones is better than Brady, but he's just as good as Brady is for this system right now. And I know people are going to jump down my throat for that, but... Do you think that the yeah. Patriots would have been worth a, a bunch more wins last year with Tom Brady at quarterback? I don't know. I think it would have been a lot of barking at his young receivers, and it just wouldn't work out. Brady has this thing where he demands excellence, and if the guys around him aren't, I think it could implode on them fast. Uh, that relationship soured, and Mac Jones is the guy for the job, and he got rid of his man tits. So I expect him to be improved on offense just a little bit, at least for I that mean, fact. Yeah. He looks, he looks the part. He looks great. He doesn't look like, you know, a seventh-round pick Tom Brady did in his rookie year anymore. He doesn't look like he's a ball of putty. Uh, yes, he got in better shape. Congratulations to Mac Jones. The problem is their schedule, Gooch, and you have to go to the schedule And when you're talking about how many wins this team can compile in 2022. Now, when you look at their schedule, much like I did for the Jets, where I didn't have the Jets losing at all, right? I didn't have them losing until week five, week six. I'm looking at the Patriots, and I don't see them winning until week five, bro. The at Miami start is a loss. The at Pittsburgh, I think Pittsburgh's going to be a little bit better than what we're predicting. And I know that I picked Pittsburgh against Pittsburgh probably in the past, you know, to line up these games. Maybe very, even in know. this game. <laughs> no, no, I right. think you've been low on the Patriots. Yes. So even I during Pittsburgh the Pittsburgh at home week. would take that down. And then they got to go play Lamar Jackson. And then they got to go play your boy, Aaron Rodgers, a.k.a. Nicolas Cage. You know what I mean? So, like, what? where do you find that win? Do you have to scramble and scratch and claw to get one out of that? Yeah. First four? Maybe yeah. two. So, but, look, the I, I think the Dolphins game is going to be a tight game. And it's going to come down to a couple plays at the end, no matter which way you slice it. And Devontae Parker, um, that could be a game where he shows the fuck out. I know that they're the – Corners in Miami are really good, but Devontae Parker rises to the occasion a lot. I've seen him uh, highball a bunch of really good corners that you wouldn't expect him to beast on. And there's something about Parker. I think he's going to flourish in that system, and he's a perfect fit. So I do believe that Parker is a good uh, player for that system. It's situational. He's not going to be the one, but they're going to alternate on who gets the targets in specific games because that's just how Belichick does it. the rest of their schedule through four weeks, I don't see any gimme games, but I don't think the Patriots are a gimme game in any of them either, except for, obviously, the Green Bay game. Traveling to Lambeau might be a little a little rough on them, obviously. When you look at the next four, right, then, then I could see them compiling a couple dubs, right? Like, home against the Lions. I, I think the Patriots could pull that off, you know what I mean? Like, I think they could win that game. Home against, uh, let's see, home against, the, and then home against the Bears in week seven. You can get that game. But I don't know if I feel confident against at you know at Cleveland in Week Six and even at New York in Week Eight. You know what I mean? I got them. I got them no better than five and four after nine weeks going into the bye, and I got them no worse than four and five. See, that's crazy. This is where it's the massive differential with me and you. 
at the bye in week 10, I found two wins. I found two wins in 10 weeks, and I, I got them at two and seven going into their bye. So that's a massive gap, I think. You said no worse than four. What is your best? What is your ceiling there for the first? Five. I don't have much of a. I don't have much wiggle room for my prediction. I think that they're just going to be hover around that five hundred mark all year because they aren't a okay. great team, but they're definitely not a bad team, and they're going to play good defense. So a lot of tight games, and it's going to come down to Look coaching at, a lot late. Now, now off the bat, off the bye, and I said this against the Jets. I did say the Jets would probably lose that game. I like the Patriots um, off a bye at home against the Jets. Give me the give me that third win for me. But ready for this stretch? At Minnesota, no gimme there. Home against the Bills. At Arizona, as long as Kyler does his four hours of studying, maybe they will pull that one off. I don't know. I don't think so. And then at Vegas and at Cincinnati. Those are all hard Well, the games. Minnesota the game is um, not fun. The Minnesota game is a primetime game, so that's probably a win because Kirk Cousins sucks on, on primetime. So, I, I mean, yeah, I, I do agree that the, the stretch down the run makes it really hard for them to do anything this year. But if they're not six and four going into that final that final stretch after the Jets, starting with the Vikings, I think their season is just going to be a lost season. They need to be at least six and four because they're going to rattle off some some losses for sure late. There's obvious, you know, we don't know about the Raiders yet. The Bengals obviously are a good team, but we don't know what they're going to do in the year after their Super Bowl run. Cardinals, Cardinals in December. I mean, you get the Cardinals in December. They haven't really typically played well the last couple of years. So while we're looking at some hard matchups, situationally, I think they could go into Arizona and win that game. I definitely think they could go into Minnesota and win that game. And then we'll see about the Raiders and the Bengals. I don't think it's going to be gimmies. The Dolphins at home, having to have Miami come up north late in the season like that, I think that's going to be an advantage for New England. But will probably also be a fucking huge game for for Miami if they're for their playoff push or both teams at that. Yeah. Um, for for as far as I'm concerned, their back end of that season. After the Vegas game, when you got to go to Cincinnati, and then you got to get you get to go home against Miami, who might be playing for a playoff spot, and the and the Patriots won't be playing for a playoff spot at this point of the season. That's why I like Miami there, and then uh, I well I like them to win that game, even if that's one of the wins I gave them. But then they got to finish the year at Buffalo, and if Buffalo's looking to try to get maybe a one seed at this point, they're going to beat the brakes off the Patriots at the end of the year. You know what I mean? So, uh, all in all, Gooch, crazy as it sounds. I have a range, and the range starts at four and ends at six. You know, like the ceiling for me is a six and 11 bad, bad season for the New England Patriots this year. Like we've been, we've been uh, given the rub for the Miami Dolphins. I praise the Jets, right? The AFC East bottom feeders this year will be the New England Patriots. And I know it's hard to say that considering their lineage and considering who's their head coach and considering all the history that these guys have, I still think that the Patriots are going to be hurting this year, as well as Mac Jones to make strides. I get it. Mac Jones will definitely take a couple steps forward in year two. He looks the part. He's probably going to be better. But overall, I think these guys are going to struggle, man. That schedule is not a forgiving one at all. So if you got him at at max, you said six uh, six wins. So Dave is definitely taking the under. I'll go with the over across the board. I think that uh, nine wins – I could see nine wins is what I'm going to go with, but I could see eight and then hover, depending on which which book you're using, you might you might get the under. But 
eight and nine or nine and eight, and that's where I'm sticking with. I think it's a 500 team, maybe a little bit better. They're going to win some games they shouldn't, and then vice versa, they'll probably lose some games that they should win, and it'll all balance out in the end. And they'll they'll be on the fringe of the playoffs, and they might sneak in depending on how some of these teams out west beat up on each other. But it's a tough division too now. You got the Jets climbing, and they're they're supposedly surging, even though I don't really buy into the Jets just yet. Miami is better. And their defense is really good, so they also have, they've they've played against Pittsburgh, uh, New England fairly well in the, in years past. So, not going to be easy for the Patriots, but I think that they could sneak to a nine win season, and maybe Belichick sticks around for one more year. I just, I think this might be the the final chapter for Bill Belichick. After if I if I think they're going to go, what they think they're going to go, and again, my ceiling is six wins. If you want to even like put a gun to my head and say seven and i'm like i'm looking at seven and ten and i'm like all right i'll buy in but i'm still slapping the under man like this team is gonna hurt they're gonna hurt in different areas where once upon a time they were good and you credited their defensive coordinator uh belichick's son for being there um and you know their defense was good last year right i mean they, they were they were a sound defense that's what pretty much kept them afloat um mac jones they nobody lit up the scoreboard you know what i mean they weren't beating the brakes off of anybody so those close games i mean they did drop a 44 burger on the jets but uh, that's true but the jets also went four and 13 so they were a different team last year as well uh ken palman's actually forfeiting the steeler game he says bill uh tom a uh, tomlin never beats bill belichick well this might be the year you know and and then, and then Bill Belichick's probably going to say after that game, he's like, "Man, it's the first time I lost to Tomlin. I gotta go." <laughs> like that—that'll be the—that'll be the, the the tipping point for him, or the start of the Titanic to start shifting. Um, it's not out of the realm of possibilities that this team is in the conversation for a top ten draft pick next year. And I don't know where they go with that. They've been drafting like shit lately. So, like, do you, Gooch? Now I bring this question. Now let's just say they're seven and nine, uh, seven and ten, eight and nine. Right? Do you have confidence that they're gonna? right whatever wrongs they had this year in the draft you know this team is it's it's a belichick led thing the gm is bill belichick he's the one that makes all the calls there do you think he's out of touch do you think he's losing his mind a little bit no i think belichick is of sound mind 100 percent. but belichick doesn't give a shit what anybody thinks and look these guys might turn into pro bowl players we have no idea the draft the draft right. happened but the season didn't and I don't know. I mean, Belichick, if he's going to be on his way out soon, I feel like they should maybe kind of shift gears anyways in terms of front office because it's probably a hard conversation to have with a guy with his success. But if he if he doesn't have any plans to be there in two years, I wouldn't want him controlling my draft because systems are going to be different and everything yeah, is going yeah, to be different and you have to draft accordingly to how you're going to run your team unless they have their heir apparent set in place already, which I thought was Josh McDaniels. But right now he's over in, in Vegas. So... Curious to know how they're gonna they're gonna proceed with their drafting and in their offseason after this year if Belichick doesn't commit to like a long term deal, which I can't I see ask, at his age he would. I was gonna ask you, do you think Belichick's in a position, and this is probably a, an automatic yes answer, but you, do you think that Belichick picks his successor, kind of like a Coach K deal? No, I think that would be egregious. They have to do due diligence on that. They have to. I mean, if 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 he doesn't have at least, well, let's talk about this because there's what if he other Flores. <laughs> what if he calls Flores? There's a couple other factors here, and and like you can't pick your successor in the NFL like that because you have to go through the process. And we know what I'm talking about. Just alluding to the Rooney Rule. Rooney Rule. If yeah. they if they 
don't go through the uh, the process and do their due diligence, then there's going to be a bunch of bullshit that they're going to have to contend I think with. He might have, I think he might have some serious influence is what I'm saying. Like, he might not be able to be like, my son, that's the guy. Here's your leader. Like, but in reality, it's him and it's Robert Kraft in a, in a room or at a massage parlor or wherever they decide to meet. You know what I mean? Like, but it's them and it's they're gonna it's gonna be their decision ultimately. See, yeah. like I think what ends up happening in this situation when Belichick goes, the first thing that has the first thing that has to happen is a GM gets hired. And if I'm a new GM getting hired to New England, I'm gonna be like, No, I'm picking the coach because then you're giving the GM a scapegoat for his first year or two if they're not successful, then you can be like, Well, I didn't even get to pick my coach. And then you get no real ideas as to how same thing with, with Joe Shane and and the Daniel Jones situation with the Giants. Like when you have a regime change, they're going to give you a chance to to show that you could be the fit. But there's going to be a way shorter leash on these types of situations. And if I'm the the in, incoming GM that's going to take over Belichick's role, there's no way I want him to pick my successor. It's just you're automatically under a different kind of blanket of pressure. And while also having that blanket of pressure, you're also having the built-in excuse. I just don't like that that mode, specifically for the NFL. College basketball is way different. Um, Casey Hammond's coming in saying Joey effing Judge is going to be their coach in three years. <laughs> so maybe that's a thing. He's back in the saddle over there. Um, and it looks like Hawaii, Florida Mike, chance that Bill steps out of coaching dedicated to the president GM. Possibly. I, I could guess. definitely I see mean, that happening. Not, but yeah, a guy like Belichick, I think that might get at him a little bit. I feel like he just loves coaching. Parcells did it. Parcells did it without even blinking. He was like, yeah, all right, I'll run your team. Yeah, you know I don't think I mean? Belichick – I think Belichick is, is light years better coach than Parcells. Light years. If you look at Parcells' success, there hasn't been any without Belichick on his staff. That's yeah, a fact. Yeah, but still, Bill Parcells is that guy, bro. I, I can't agree with you there. I'm sorry. Um, When you say yeah, – well, No, I'm saying like – like, I'm not Belichick discounting – Bill Parcells, part of being a good head coach is appointing people in positions and letting them do their job and hiring them and letting them do what they're, they're hired to do. So that's not a discredit to Bill Parcells by any stretch, but I think that Bill Parcells isn't the coach that Belichick is. Like X's and O's and just I mean, getting yeah, – he does he gets going, the most out of his players. Milestones, yeah, yeah. Even if we're going milestones, Super Bowls, obviously he's blown away, but – I'm just a Bill Parcells guy. <laughs> so that's just me. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, I, mean I'm, I, I don't think there's many people that could really say I'm not a Parcells guy. Parcells is, has been like a national treasure, and his, his quotes are legendary. And all the stories you hear about him with the relationship he's forged with his players, yeah, Parcells is a, is a legend for sure. Um, he, did, he found Tony Romo. Good for him. There you go. See? Uh, <laughs> once upon a time. All right. Well, that's the Patriots. We both have them. I, with you having them at nine, though, maybe on a on a really good bounce of the ball like are they a playoff team no right like not with nine not in the afc i mean nine could definitely get in in either let's be real like depends teams, no, teams got to win games out. and lose games for every win there has to be a, a corresponding loss not every team in the in in the afc west is going to run the gauntlet and, and win 10 games not every you know some some of these teams that we think are going to be really good are going to be bad there could be a seven-win team that sneaks in, or a nine-win team that sneaks in as a wild card, especially with the addition of the seventh wild card. We've seen it in the past with worse teams getting in the playoffs. The Packers were a wild card team, or the Cowboys, or the Giants. The year they won, I think they were nine and seven, right? Yeah. So a nine-win team. I mean, sixteen-game schedule. It's a little less, but yeah, I, I think nine wins could certainly get in. All right. So again, once again, we have 
a little bit of a discrepancy ski over here with some of these teams. Uh, I have the Jets very good. He has the Jets kind of, you know, on the come up, but not so much. And then I have the Patriots in the top 10 picks of next year. And Gucci might have them in the playoffs. So that is. No, I, I think that they will miss the playoffs. And just to get into the playoff odds real quick, to make the playoffs plus 135, to miss minus 165 make the playoffs so they're 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 heavier favorite to miss than they are to make they're plus money to make the playoffs you can win a little just, coin when you look at vegas i, I don't know something that that doesn't alarm you at all that, that they go from a 10-win team and they're the some books have them at seven and a half it's like what the fuck happened <laughs> you know like what happened with this team where all of a sudden it's just like i said the key losses and the key gains and you know belichick's new coaching staff like that they, they got worse apparently like three games worse possibly like i don't know it's interesting well, but. a little coaching changes, losing some coordinators, um, really no significant additions, and a couple significant losses on the defensive side of the ball. I think it, that's the reason why you're like, oh, I don't know, I don't know. But it, like I said, man, the Patriots have had crazy turnover year after year, and somehow they're still a competitive team. I don't think they're going to win much, but they'll be competitive. Yeah, um, Hawaii Mike said the competition got better. Yeah, I guess that's the that's the theory that I'm going to go with too. That everybody around them got better, and they didn't really increase anything or increase the team or their roster to, to for me to think that they can compete with these other squads. So I don't know. We'll see. That is uh, that is the name of the game. Is a we'll see game. Uh, all the camps are opening now. Everybody's getting there. Everybody, I'm sure everybody saw Aaron Rodgers. I have to bring this up, Gooch, because Aaron Rodgers is your boy, but. First of all, shout out to his look. I think it was hilarious. Looks like Nicolas Cage, Con Air. I love it. However, did you see Mr. Cringe, Mitch McCringerson, Russell Wilson show up in his own jersey? No, thankfully I did not. How Man, Russ just with me never with ceases to most, amaze me. Is that that? Do you agree that that's maybe the most cringeworthy thing you could possibly do? Yeah, Russ is just hard. It's hard to get behind anything this guy does off the field. But outside of his warm-ups and his practices, which I guess I could get behind because I respect everybody's process. It simulates everything? Yeah, I, I respect everybody's process, especially somebody that's working on their craft the way he does. But he's just such a fucking nerd, such a dork. I can't take it. Like, I can't imagine, like, him in the huddle. The minute he turns around, they're probably like, dude, is he fucking kidding me, this guy? You know, the opposite of Jameis Winston in terms of the yeah. huddle. Like third and 38, he gets in there like, all right, guys, here we go. Bronco, Do you believe? Do you believe? Ride. I believe. <laughs> Shut the fuck up, Russ. <laughs> oh, my God. I just had to bring that up because I think it was the most abomination of a thing. Like, it was not, only, not only was it his jersey, it was like a throwback Broncos jersey, like with his own number and his own name on it. I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> what the fuck is he doing? Oh, my God. That was so bad. So bad. But anyway, uh, tomorrow we will conclude the AFC East with uh, the Buffalo Bills, the reigning, defending AFC champions. Now, remember last year, if you guys have been with us this long, uh, Mr. Gucci said that the Bills were due for a regression last year, and they wound up losing in the AFC title game. So mm -mm. are they due for mm -mm. another regression? Mm -mm. They lost in the divisional round. Whatever. They lost in the playoffs. But they were a playoff team. So regression was not had. Will there be a regression this year? We'll see. We'll go over their key losses, key gains, everything that we're going to have. We have I mean, they done. lost a game. They, they made it to one less round in the playoffs, and they won one less game in the regular season with one extra game on the schedule. So they the, regressed. So by the, so by the book, Fuck out of here, bro. Right. 
<laughs> so, so by by all rules, it's a regression. We'll see if they can bounce back. Never been more right in my life. Yeah. Well, no, the Bills are going to win the Super Bowl this year. So we'll talk about yeah. They're pretty much. Yeah, how's that? Think. We'll see. Gonna be tough. Um, we'll talk about the Bills, and then of course Friday we'll get into some fantasy stuff. Next week programming note, um, we'll start with the AFC West, the bottom feeders of that with the Denver Broncos. That'll be me and more than likely uh, wrestling Rob doing that one. And then Gooch will be back for the rest of the AFC West. And then the following week when we take on the NFC South, we're going to switch it up because Gooch is going on a sabbatical and going out into the uh, the boroughs of Lavalette. And we won't do the North without him because we need Gooch to represent the NFC North with his beloved Green Bay Packers. So mark it all down on your schedules. Mark it all down your calendars. Make sure you hit the subscribe button. Make sure you hit the like button if you're watching this right now and you like what we've had to do over here. Uh, we're building more stuff as we go. We're going to have the website all redone for Chop Studios and stuff. Um, a lot of cool shit going on uh, with Chop Sports. So thank you guys for your support. As always, for Sturch over at home and Gooch over at the studio and Nick behind the glass and, of course, Madison back there. Uh, happy intern day again to both of you guys. Thank you guys for your contributions. See you guys tomorrow. Have a good one, everybody. But there was this one company, I think, called Chop Sports Media. Chop Sports Media. Yeah.